stay shroomed 24-7. Visit shroom.com for the best in shrooms. Stay shroomed 24-7. Listen to shroomed podcast. Visit shroomed.com for the best in shrooms. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shroomed Podcast, the podcast about how to integrate magic mushrooms and psychedelics into your everyday life. Today, I want to try something a little bit different and just read an article um, that is one of my favorites. It's from lucid.news by Don Latin. It's called Bill Wilson, LSD, and the Secret Psychedelic History of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, That was one of my topics with Dave from the Dopey Podcast um, last year. Um, about how um, Bill Wilson was a LSD proponent for um, helping stop alcohol and other things, uh, but was quickly shut down. Um, but yeah, and also just want to let you guys know today um, is November 9th, 2022. It's a little bit rainy out here where I'm at, um, but I'm feeling good. Microdose this morning, took my reishi, turkey tail, lion's mane, and cordyceps. Um, and after microdosing here with that and also psilocybin, um, I've had some questions, you know, about what to do with shroomed, how I should go about marketing. And, um, you know, I'll tell you the last few days have been a little bit more clearer for me. Um, and, you know, it usually it's, it, it's hard for me to find ideas and be creative. And, and the last few days have been uh, pretty exceptional. So uh, that's, that's been good. It's been good. So you guys should see more of shroomed. Uh, via social media, via Twitter, via uh, my podcast. So I'm very excited. Um, But like I said, let's go ahead and get into um, today's episode. And I'm going to read this passage. So Bill Wilson, LSD, and the Secret Psychedelic History of Alcoholics Anonymous, written by Don Latin, October 20th, 2022. I'm sorry, 2020. Taking one mind-altering drug to free oneself from addiction to another mind-altering drug may sound counterintuitive, but like with all all things psychedelic, this therapeutic approach is all about set and setting, intention and integration, what kind of drugs are consumed, how often, and what dose. Those who preach that the only way to achieve lasting sobriety is through total abstinence from alcohol and other drugs may be surprised to learn that the supposed patron saint of abstinence, Bill Wilson, the co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, was a firm believer in the ability of LSD to free some hardcore alcoholics from their addiction. Bill Wilson's enthusiasm for LSD as a tool in 12-step work is best expressed in his correspondence in 1961 with the famous Swiss psychologist Carl Jung. Jung was discussing how he agreed with Wilson that some diehard alcoholics must have a spiritual awakening to overcome their addiction. He pointed out that the Latin word for alcohol is spiritus. You use the same word for the highest religious experience, Jung wrote, as for the most depraving poison. As for the most depraving poison. That letter of January 30th, 1961, in response to a long letter Wilson wrote to Jung, is fairly famous in AA circles. But in researching my book, Distilled Spirits, Getting High Then Sober with the Famous Writer, A Forgotten Philosopher and a Hopeless Drunk, 
I discovered a second Wilson letter to Jung. In that letter of March 29, 1961, Wilson writes at length about his experiments using LSD to help members of the Alcoholics Anonymous community have the spiritual awakening that is central to the 12-step program of recovery. Some of my AA friends and I have taken the material LSD frequently and with much benefit, Wilson told Jung, adding that the most powerful psychedelic drug sparks a great broadening and deepening and heightening of consciousness. Wilson told Jung that his first LSD trip in 1956 reminded him of a mystical revelation he had after hitting bottom in the 1930s and winding up in a New York City hospital ward for hardcore alcoholics. My original spontaneous spiritual experience of 25 years before was enacted with wonderful splendor and conviction, he wrote. LSD was still legal in 1956, and Wilson's case initially taken under the medical supervision of UCLA researcher Sidney Cohen, and with the spiritual guidance of his Wilson's friend, Gerald Hurd, an Anglo-Irish mystic and early proponent of psychedelic spirituality. Wilson would go on to quietly form a bi-coastal psychedelic salon with various leading lights of that decide, including the writer Adius Hicks Huxley. Wilson's earlier spiritual experience occurred of December of 1934, before LSD was even invented. It happened during Wilson's fourth and final stay at a private New York City hospital that employed something called the town's Lambert Cure to treat their alcohol clients. Many of these patients, including Wilson, were once successful businessmen whose drinking had spun out of control during the Great Depression. Suddenly, Bill would later recall, my room blazed with an indescribably white light. I was seized with an ecstasy beyond description. That room was in a rehab center where doctors employed a potion, which was included two drugs derived from plants known to cause delirium and hallucinations. One of them is belladonna and the other henbane was long associated with witchcraft and potions said to summon spirits of the dead. Warning to psychonauts, both of these plants can be poisonous at high doses. Do not try at home. So there's a good chance that psychoactive plants played a role in what came to be known as the founding vision of Alcoholics Anonymous. Even though the effects of the herbs used at Towns Hospital differ from the other psychedelic plants and from the LSD would, uh, Wilson would begin experimenting with two decades later. Here's how Bill Wilson would later describe this town's vision. In the mind's eye, there was a mountain. I stood upon its summit where a great wind blew, a wind not of air, but of spirit. In great clean strength, it blew right through me. Then came the blazing thought, you are a free man. In my view, it doesn't really matter if Bill's vision was caused by psychoactive plants, divine revelation, or the hallucinations hardcore drunks sometimes experience when they hit rock bottom and stop drinking. What matters is the vision that, that the vision transformed his life and inspired a crusade 
to free other alcoholics from addiction. One of the foundations of the 12-step recovery program Wilson and the company devised in 1930s is the proposition that alcoholics and other addicts must undergo a spiritual awakening, inspiring them to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand him. Those are the only words in the 12-step program that were printed in italics, indicating an openness in the early AA circles to finding God and the Judeo-Christian tradition, Eastern spirituality, or 20 years later, in a tab of acid. In fact, long before he discovered psychedelics, Wilson was a serious student of paranormal psychology, psychology and various forms of spiritualism, holding seances and other gatherings with some of the leading psychics of his time. In his second letter to Jung, Bill Wilson told Jung that many members of AA have returned to the churches almost always with fine results, but some of us have taken less orthodox approaches. Along with the number of friends, I find myself among the latter. Wilson cited the Canadian research of Humphrey Osman, the man who turned Huxley onto mescaline in the 1953. Osmond reported that 150 hardcore alcoholics were preconditioned by LSD and then placed in the surrounding AA groups. Over a three-year period, they achieved startling results when compared to similar drunks who were not treated with psychedelics but only got AA. My friends believe that LSD temporarily triggers a change in blood chemistry that inhibits or reduces ego thereby enabling more reality to be felt and seen, Wilson told Jung. Jung became seriously ill around the time he received Wilson's second letter. He never answered that missive, and he may have not even gotten a chance to read it before he died. Jung died on June 6, 1961. Bill Wilson died 10 years later from diseases caused by the other addiction he could never shake, cigarettes. In the end, not much came of Bill Wilson's idea to introduce LSD to Alcoholics Anonymous. More cautious, conservative elements in the AA Fellowship pushed back, questioning their founders' unbridled enthusiasm for the drug. In one letter, Wilson asserted that the powerful psychoactive compound was about as harmless as aspirin. But in another piece of correspondence, he acknowledged that LSD does not have any miraculous property of transforming spirituality and emotionally sick people into healthy ones overnight. Wilson also wrote that those opposing LSD enthusiasm in AA were joking that Bill takes one pill to see God and other to quiet his nerves. Meanwhile, by the mid-1960s, the notorious LSD evangelism of such counterculture icons as Harvard professor Timothy Leary and Mary, Mary Prankster, Ken Kesey had begun turning mainstream America against the ideas of psycho, psychedelic therapy. In recent decades, psychologists and neuroscientists have researched substance abuse research that began in the 1950s. Oh, 
I'm sorry. In recent decades, psychologists and neuroscientists have resurrected substance abuse research that began in 1950s and was shut down during the war on drugs in the 70s and 80s. Clinical trials, trials have once again shown effectiveness of using psychoactive drugs, psycho, psychedelic drugs, along with psychotherapy to treat addiction to alcohol, cocaine, and tobacco. Again, I want to read this. In recent decades, psychologists and neuroscientists have resurrected substance abuse research that began in the 1950s and was shut down during the war on drugs in the 1970s and 80s. Clinical trials have once again shown the effectiveness of using psychedelic drugs along with psychotherapy to treat addiction to alcohol, cocaine, and tobacco. At the same time, there has been an explosion of interest in the ritualized use of ayahuasca, ibogaine, and other plant medicines to help those addicted to various drugs of abuse. In my book, Changing Our Minds, Psychedelic Sacraments, and the New Psychotherapy, I interviewed addicts, alcoholics, therapists, shamans, and scientists doing their work. Carol Carlson, an alcoholic treated in the clinical trial at the University of New Mexico, said a vision she had of Jesus during the psilocybin-assisted therapy enabled her to forgive myself for the choices she had made. Gordon McLaughlin, a lifelong smoker approaching retirement, kicked his tobacco habit following a psychedelic clinical trial at John Hopkins University in Baltimore. Asked how his trip did the trick, he said, you suddenly understand how your body and the universe are connected. I might want to have a cigarette, but you know, I don't need it. Carson, a heroin addict, I interviewed at a treatment center in Mexico and asked that his name not be used in, uh, treated, was treated with two psychedelic medicines, Ibogaine and 5-MeO-DMT. Carson, a 31-year-old evangelistic Christian from Dallas, said he felt reborn after the experience. Since the Ibogaine, he told me the basic craving that I've had for opiates is gone for the, the first time in 10 years. If this all sounds too good to be true, that's because sometimes it is. Another heroin addict I interviewed for my book, the same clinic quickly relapsed after his miracle cure. He soon realized that he needed an ongoing support group and other lifestyle changes if he wanted to stay uh, clean from addictive drugs and uh, thoughts and behaviors. That's exactly the point behind emerging network of alcoholics and other addicts who have slightly rewritten Bill Wilson's 12-step programs and hold Zoom meetings under the banner Psychedelics in Recovery. As a recovering alcoholic and cocaine addict, I played a minor role in the formation of that online fellowship. I got sober in 2000. This is um, Dominic Milton. Um, not me. Um, so as a recovering alcoholic... Um, Don played um, a minor role in formation of the online fellowship. He got sober in 2006 and did so without psychedelics. He tells that story um, in Distilled Spirits in 2014. After eight years of taking nothing stronger than a double espresso, he started researching and reporting Changing Our Minds. Over the next few years, um, as a part of a project, uh, looks like he revived his own psychedelic experiment. As a observer, he explored therapeutic spiritual use of magic mushrooms, MDMA, ketamine, ayahuasca, and DMT. So far, he has not touched alcohol or cocaine, uh, nor has he fallen the 
um, abuse of psychedelics, he still drinks too much espresso. Um, so I want to share a little bit of my um, story behind this too, because this is fascinating. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, after drinking heavily, heavily for two years, um, you know, the meetings were not working out for me when I tried. Um, it just wasn't my thing. And I feel like it's not a lot of people's thing. And I don't want to knock Alcoholics Anonymous uh, because it is such a strong group and a strong um, community. But there is um, a community out there that needs psychedelics um, where these meetings do not work. Not everything works for everyone. And I want everyone to understand that. Um, you know, and vice versa, psychedelics may not work for somebody. But I do want to stress the fact that, you know, I got sober with psychedelics. Like, you know, I, I now see this as a poison. Like, I now I, I think twice before, you know, taking a drink. You know, it's... And I feel like psychedelics, if you have intentions when you're taking the psychedelics and, and really, you know, really want to, you know, be gone with that. It, it really does help. It's really powerful. Um, it's really changed my mind in, in many ways. Um, obviously, like I said, there's still things I need to work on. But, you know, with this alcohol, it was uh, probably my biggest, the biggest thing. Um, and I just want to, you know, not let Bill Wilson's, you know, thoughts and research go, um, you know, we don't want them to go anywhere because there. this is helping a lot of people and it's still helping a lot of people. Um, so, you know, I'm not knocking AA, but I am telling you, you know, if it's not working for you, there are other things that you should try. Um, you know, reach out, you know, info at shroom.com. I can definitely help and talk to you more about what, what I did, um, you know, where you can get safe access to medicine. Uh, but, you know, don't give up. Um, you know, it, it's just crazy, you know, how much this has helped many people and it's, and it's just being pushed under the rug. Um, but with the right treatment, the right rec microdose schedule, I, I really think this can really, um, you know, be powerful. So yeah, um, shoot over to shroom.com. Thank you guys uh, for listening. Hope everyone has a great day.